Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate yeah. to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. If you were a child growing up in the 80s, you probably read a picture book called There's a Hippopotamus on Our Roof Eating Cake by Hazel Edwards, with those now instantly recognisable illustrations by Deborah Nealand. The hippo stories have accompanied generations of Australian kids, and the seventh book in the series, possibly the final book, has just been released. It's called Ho Ho Ho, There's a Hippopotamus on Our Roof Eating Christmas Cake, Author Hazel Edwards joins us on the line now. Hi, Hazel. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Siobhan. In fact, it's a bit ironic because I'm sitting in the study of the house that has the roof (laughs) that originally leaked and which also inspired my second grandson, Henry, to give me the idea for the Last Christmas Hippo book too. So it's been quite a family saga, this one. (laughs) Well, let's start at the beginning. I am definitely going to speak about um, this latest book, but you gave a hint there about the inspiration behind these books. How did the very first hippopotamus story come about? Well, the best of stories come from things going wrong. (laughs) We had a new house. There was a problem with the roof. The roof leaked. And then... Uh, my then four-year-old son, Trevelyan, said, uh, as the workman clambered up on the roof trying to fix it, oh, that's the hippopotamus up there that eats cake. And being very imaginative parents, we said, no, it's not, it's a workman. <laughs> and so his dad took him up the ladder onto the roof and said, look, there's no hippopotamus here. He said, oh, you know, we'll be back sometime. And that was the beginning of the large, imaginary, reassuring friend who accompanied us for a few years. And other children have other friends like it. But I think it was the fact that I had already published a few books and the fact that I was able to write that and capture it. I always give credit to the children concerned. It's not my book. Books belong to readers, not to writers once they're published. And I know there are a lot of parents who say, I've read that book so many times. (laughs) I bet they have. How have the characters and the series itself evolved over the years? Because this latest one is the seventh in the series. Did you ever foresee that... This hippo character would hang around? (laughs) Absolutely not. It was really an example of family creativity, and a lot of families do things like that. Uh, It was really a one-off story. I think it was the third book I'd published, but the first picture book. And then it sort of took on a life of its own. Then people kept asking for more stories. And so that was the reason why the one that related to being sunburnt because we have a family of redheads and the one about go- the one about going to hospital has been extremely poignant for many families but I must admit I've got a soft spot for this latest one because in a way it's personal for our family I wasn't going to write anymore but my then oh, I think it must have been about five and uh, same house same roof we don't have any chimneys in this house. It's got skylights. And he had moved with his family to an older house that had two chimneys. 
He was terribly concerned that we didn't have a chimney that Santa Claus could come down. So he was going to loan us one of his chimneys. <laughs> his old, much older brother said, oh, well, we could put a webcam on and a GPS redirection system for Santa <laughs> so that there would be no problem. So, you know, it became, it was a lovely thing within a family of a much younger sibling being sustained by the imagination of the rest of the family. And that's where that came from. I did write in this story about Santa, which was very much changed and eventually became ho-ho. But we did keep the cakewalk on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a really long collaboration with illustrator Deborah Nyland, who... Deborah Nyland, yes. Nyland, sorry. um, She created the iconic illustrations, and it it looks like she had really had a lot of fun with this Christmas book. When you come up with a new hippo book, do you have a chat about it, or do you just let her do her thing? One of Deborah's great strengths is that she's so visual and in tune with that age group. And so although I'll often make a suggestion, I'm not particularly visual, I I think in abstract. And so some of the really lovely little touches that are in Ho Ho Ho, which is what we call it for short, of the painted Christmassy toenails or (laughs) all sorts of activities because we agreed that we wanted this to be a book where you give creativity as a gift to other members of your family. It wasn't a sort of gimme Christmas of what do I get, but rather how you could make. And that's where the um, gingerbread biscuits came from too. And the publishers have organised these wonderful biscuit cutters that have suddenly become a hot item. Uh, Everybody's making biscuits, gingerbread biscuits and activities. A lot of the activities that are suggested in the illustrations and that's where a good illustrator who's really childlike in the illustration makes it work. But overall, challenge for me was that there were two fantasies that I had to reconcile and one was the large imaginary friend, the hippo, who who gets his own fan mail still, I have to tell you, (laughs) Um, and Santa Claus because they're two completely different concepts and they might have had a bit of trouble fitting on the roof together. So <laughs> I had to, had to uh, reconcile. So although a book <clears throat> may look very simple, a picture book, often there's, there are layers and layers and layers underneath to make sure that it actually works as a concept. And I'd have to say I write for all sorts of different age groups, but to write a picture book and get the words right, I think, is the Rolls-Royce of writing. It really is the hardest. It's much harder than writing a 50,000-word novel because every word's got to count. Oh, yeah, I bet. Now, um, outside of, as you've been alluding to, outside of the Hippo series, you've you've written a stack of other books. Yes. You did say this was meant to be the last Hippo book. Is it yes. really going to yes. be the last one, Hazel? Well, I said that, and now I've suddenly acquired, well, not suddenly, but <laughs> acquired uh, the, the original Trevenian, who was the four-year-old who thought of the Hippo, has now become a dad. Oh. For the first time wow. uh, to Arlo, Arafura Edwards, who's got red hair, and <laughs> he's going to be in time for having his stories too. So I'm not sure whether it'll necessarily be a hippo story, but I'll certainly be writing him his story too because I think it's very important 
important across the parents and the generations to share stories within a family. And for families that may be, uh, in our case, we operate in the same language, but in many families you've got multiple languages and the storytelling in more than one language is, is such an enrichment to a child that those things are really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you do write a book for your new grandson and put a dedication in it, I'll have to um, take that because that's my son's name. I'll have to say that you wrote it for him. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I have to too. I had never heard of the name Arlo before. And then suddenly... It's everywhere. um, (laughs) If you look at the front of the Ho 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 book, there's something special in there, and that is it's dedicated to Henry... Garnet. Now, Henry is my now middle grandson. He was my younger grandson. And it was he who inspired the chimneys and the, the skylight concept in the story. He's got great generosity, Henry. But Henry wasn't reading very quickly in the beginning. And so what we started doing was reading on FaceTime. He taught me FaceTime, <laughs> and every second night we'd read something. So I'd listen to his reading. And, and so this book for him, he helped me with the book, and he likes the page where the hippo sits on the roof and his bottom squashes <laughs> the tree. But Henry, when he got the first copy of this book, and it was dedicated to him, and he sat down and he read it right through to me. And that's one of those special moments when you realise that a book belongs to the imagination of the reader. What a fabulous place to end this chat. Hazel, thank you so much for speaking with us. My pleasure. That was author Hazel Edwards. Her new book, Ho, 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 There's a Hippopotamus on Our Roof Eating Christmas Cake, is Kindling's new story of the week. Head to our website for more details. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.